Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you think of this young man, illegitimate, Nobody liked him, driven into the wilderness, seemingly an outcast. Who does God pick? An outcast. Somebody with an upbringing very different, illegitimate, and God uses him. So what I want you to write this, by faith, Jephthah was used by God in spite of his past. Out-of-wedlock births have always had some sort of negative stigma. Somehow the child that's born in this situation is treated as if they've done something wrong. Trying to improve their lot in life is a struggle, and they always seem to have second-class status no matter what they do. But as Pastor Mark will teach today, God values each person equally. He has a plan for every life, and sometimes he has big plans. Jephthah's life started out poor, but trusting God turned his life around. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message. They had faith, so can we. faith and then you can finish well as Gideon did they absolutely against incredible odds defeated the Midianite army against incredible odds why God is the issue now let's look at Barak you're right there in Judges turn to Judges chapter 4 Barak was called by God to lead Israel another battle again against the Canaanites who had been attacking and oppressing Israel for 20 years. You say, Pastor Mark, is that common for warfare, 20 years? How old are you? The number of years you are after you become a Christian is the number of years you'll be in spiritual warfare until you die. Is it common? It never goes away. We're always in spiritual warfare. Sometimes, obviously, some we sense them worse than others, but always there's spiritual warfare. My life, your life. But remember, God's in the background. You don't have to be fearful. Greater is he who's in you than in the world. But here, the Canaanites have been coming against Israel for 20 years. Barak was a soldier, but he hesitated. When God said to him, go, you're going to be the man that leads this, he said to God, I'll do it, 
But here's my condition. My condition is that the prophetess, Deborah, would go with me. Look at 4.8. Barak said to her, Deborah, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Now that verse is perfect if the person you're talking about is God going with you. Do you understand? If it's another person and God said, I'm not interested in the other person, I told you to go, then it's no good at all. There's a flaw and there's going to be a problem with it. Now, look at Judges 4.9. Very well, Deborah said, I will go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, pretty diplomatic, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak faced incredible odds. He already knew it. There were 900 chariots of iron in this massive army. God says to him, I'm giving you the victory. He says to God, okay, but I've got a condition to obey you. Whenever we add a condition to obedience, we're in trouble. So he says, if Deborah will go with me, then I'll go. Well, Barak finally did it. Look at Judges 4.16. Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as HH, double H. All the troops of Sisera fell by the sword and not a man was left. Now, what do you think he learned out of this? I think this. Barak learned to have faith In God only, or God alone. You see, don't put your faith in a man or a woman. That doesn't mean we don't trust our pastors and and whatever. Sure we do. And we trust our elders. But do you know, this shouldn't shock you, every pastor and every elder in this church is flawed. Because they're just like you. We're humans. We don't want to fail you. Prayerfully, you'll never hear from this pulpit the kind of failure we hear many places. But we are humans. So we don't accomplish everything. We're not men of faith as we need to be all the time. You keep praying for us. We'll get better. Will we ever be perfect? No. So you can't ultimately put your faith in a man or a woman. You have to put it in God alone. He's the only one that's perfect. He's the only one that's faithful. You say, well, Pastor Mark, when you left Merritt Island, you came down here. People put their faith in you. Well, I think they put their faith in Linda and I as a representative of God. But before long, they heard me teach, don't put your faith in me. When Pastor Dean and we sent him off, the elders sent him off to do Vera. We put our faith that he would be the man down there. But our faith isn't in Pastor Dean at Vera. Our faith in God. Your kids that you're raising, where's their faith? If it's in you, you're not a perfect parent. Yes, they want to love you. Yes, they want to have faith in you. But what do we teach our kids? Their faith should be what? In God alone. He's the only one that's faithful. Only one. And so everything that we do, understand that. We like to take credit for things. We don't want to take credit. I hope Barak learned this. He was trusting too much in a person and not enough in God. God said, 
the battle's yours. Go for it. He said, I will, but don't add it. Faith, flaw, failure, finish. Now, why did Barak finish well here? You'll hear me say this many times. Because of God's grace. Not because of his strong faith. Because of his grace. He finished well. Samson. When you hear the word Samson, are you surprised he's here in this chapter? Let me ask you. This is a chapter on faithful men and women. Hall of Fame. Look at their lives. Faith. If you were writing this, would you put Samson in? Interesting question, isn't it? As you look at his life, I think many of us one went, how, how, how did Samson get in there? I'm going to ask you a question at the end. Actually, I'm going to ask you now and then at the end. Do I have your attention? If you were in the Old Testament, would your name be on the list? Would your name be here? If God said, here's the Melbourne group over the last 10 years, would your name be here? It's a challenge, isn't it? Well, as you look at this, you know what Samson was. You know what his obvious weakness was. The flesh was his weakness. Lust of the flesh. He was weak in the sexual area, never seemed to defeat that. Yet God detected faith in him. And you had snapshots. He was a man that worked alone. God enabled him to kill a young lion, destroy Philistines. You remember, slay a thousand Philistines once with the jawbone of a donkey. Carry away the gates. Turn to Judges 16. You remember the story. We won't spend long. With such nagging, verse 16, chapter 16, verse 16, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. Now, you know the story. Became a slave, eyes poked out. Just a laughing stock of God. Whenever I think of Samson, I think of incredible potential that never, ever seemed to make it. Well, look at verses 28. How would he end his life? At the end of his life, Judges 16, 28, then Samson prayed to the Lord. O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more. What do you see from that? Well, one thing you see is that he knew where his strength came from. It was from God. Just strengthen me once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson reached toward the two center pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against him as right on the one, left on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. You see, God had honored Samson's request and empowered him to pull down that temple of Dagon. And more Philistines were slain in his death in his whole life. What did he learn from this? Well, 
faith, flaw. Most of his life was failure. But in the end, there was success. He did finish well. Not the way you would have liked. What's the principle? Here it is. Write it down. By faith, by faith, Samson believed God would give him a second chance. He asked for it. He says, God, one more time. I know you can do it, God. I believe you're going to do it. Give me strength to end well. And God honored it. It was a picture of grace. And as you're thinking about that, is there a sin in your life that so easily besets you? Is it something that always comes up? You don't believe Romans 6 and 7 that says you have the power to say no to sin? Read those three chapters again, Romans 6, 7, and 8. Just use it as a homework. And say to God, I want to finish well, but I don't want to finish just before well as a failure. That's what Samson did. And when we think of this man, what could have been? He allowed that temptation that kept coming at him to become a stronghold in his life. And because of that, he didn't accomplish what God wanted. Well, Jephthah, look at Judges 11, turn there if you will. Jephthah is an interesting story. I love this story because it gives me such hope. Judges 11, verse 1. Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You're not going to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you're the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a group of adventurers gathered around him and followed him. What was he? He was an illegitimate son. He became driven into exile. He became kind of like an outlaw. And the Amorites were there causing fear. The people finally went out and said, hey, we want you to come back. We know you're a warrior. You've got these men around you, strong men or whatever. Would you come back and, and, and be useful to us? Well, Jephthah did. In spite of all of that, he rose to become the deliverer of his people from the Amorites. Now, what does that say to me? I think this is very important for all of us. When you think of this young man, illegitimate, nobody liked him, driven into the wilderness, seemingly an outcast, who does God pick? An outcast. Somebody with an upbringing very different, illegitimate, and God uses him. So what I want you to write this. By faith, Jephthah was used by God in spite of his past. What's your past look like? Pastor Mark, if you knew my relatives and where I came from and what I've done and what I did with my life the last four or five years, you wouldn't believe it. God can't use me. No, you're wrong. God can use you powerfully. You know, when the Calvary Chapel started, many of the pastors early on were former drug addicts. 
Mike McIntosh, one of the great pastors in San Diego, started more than 20 Calvary chapels in that town in San Diego. He started Maranatha Music out of the back of his car. They thought he lost his mind because he'd taken drugs all his life. God healed his mind. Totally took it away from him. Powerful speaker all over the world. Many, many Calvary guys. So I want to encourage you, in spite of your past, in spite of your flaws, God knows how to use us. And that's the victory that we see. It's a beautiful picture. David. Well, the faith of David, you know what that's like. I mean, we see David, David, David everywhere. All the amazing things that he did. Goliath, you know that. He was very humble when he had to interact with Saul before he became king. Remember, he honored God. He waited, he waited. He was a man, as we know, after God's own heart. And yet he was guilty of murder and adultery. You know the story. And when he did all of these things, Nathan came to him, a prophet. You remember that? He gave him that story. And he said, I won't go into it. He gave him all this story. And finally, David said, well, whoever won that stole that sheep, whatever, you just kill that guy. Nathan said, David, you're, you're the guy. You're the one that's guilty. You're absolutely the one. What did David learn from this after he took one year before he repented? I believe he learned this. Write this down tonight. By faith, David, after repentance, knew he was forgiven. How do I know that? Read the Psalms. What should you learn from that? What should I learn from that? That after God confronts us, if we ask forgiveness, we're forgiven. How do I know that? By faith. If you're not forgiven, you'll live in condemnation and you'll be useless to God because you'll always let the enemy bring up your past. Don't do that. You live today. Remember, in this room, how many of us are flawed? All of us. So you don't have to feel like you're the only one. We're all flawed. We all sin. We all fall short. We need his grace. David did it. Now, I think there was something very interesting, and I'm just going to spend a second on this. David could judge sin in others more easily than himself. Think about that for a moment. That doesn't resonate, does it? What would we read in the New Testament, Matthew? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your eye, and then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. See, when I become more aware of your problems than mine, I'm flawed And I have to be careful of that. I know you have problems. I'm not sure how I can see it because the log in my eye, I can't really get past it. I have problems. David said, kill the guy. Nathan said, you're the guy. So be careful as we judge others. Samuel, the last great judge of Israel, the first prophet, really... A man at the nation, when the whole nation was falling apart, here's a man, Samuel. 
that just stood strong, one of the greatest leaders in Israel's history. Let me ask you something. None of these great men of faith were perfect. They all fell short of what God wanted in their lives. They were flawed. Yet they rose again. They got up. They repented. They got back in line with God. And they finished well. And so God put them in the hall of faith. There they are. In the hall of faith. Now, 1 Corinthians. And I just want to remind you. I want you to see this verse. And I want to challenge yourself with this. Paul would say this. But whatever I am now, just think of this, not what Paul used to be, not what was he going to be in the future. See, we only live where? Now. We only live now. So Paul says, but whatever I am now, right now, it's because God poured out his special favor on me, his grace, and not without Results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. That verse we would remember maybe in the King James like this. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Remember, Papa used to say that. It wasn't a spiritual deal, but I am what I am, or whatever he'd say. You know, and eat the spinach. Remember it? You are what you are by the grace of God. That's all. We're all exactly the same. And then Paul would say this. He gave me his grace, and this is important, but not without results. In other words, God invested in me his grace, and I worked hard to prove he was right. I honored it. I changed. I became more like Christ. So, First Timothy, just listen. Paul says this to his young understudy, Timothy. This is a trustworthy Satan. Everyone should accept it. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm the, this is near the end of Paul's life. I'm the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Jesus Christ could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul says to his young protege, Timothy, I don't know why God graced me like he did. I still don't have it all together. Remember, he said, I'm almost dead, but I haven't arrived. I haven't really done it. And it's just been God's grace in me. I didn't let it go to waste. Faith, flaw, failure, and finish. The last verse is Acts 20, 24. This is what Paul would say at the end of his life. Notice what he'd say. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my race with joy. The ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel, period? Uh Uh-uh. To the gospel of what? Grace. If you look at the background of these individuals, you see prayer in there all over the place. Samuel was known as a great intercessor. So prayer is so important in our life as we finish well. Well, in Pastor Mark's teaching today, you found out about some people who did things their way, not God's. 
and as a result didn't achieve all that God wanted them to. What you learn from this is that there are consequences for disobeying God. Pastor Mark also showed you that forgiveness is just a breath away. If you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, They Had Faith, So Can We. Next time, he'll start a new study called Faith in the Peaks and Valleys. You'll hear him talk about the truth that everybody's lives has ups and downs. Pastor Mark will be talking about developing the kind of faith that resists being influenced by changing circumstances. But just trust God no matter what. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting